hello, hello, all you beautiful people. My name is Amber Enerson. And I'm Kelsey Enerson. And this is our podcast, You Are the Alchemist. This week we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the kidneys and how the kidneys, endocrine system, and immune system are all affected by fear to continue our uh, little series on how the body stores emotions. So the first part of that, um, we're going to talk about the function of the kidneys, because I know I don't know if there's a lot of people out there who study the body, but I did not know exactly what the function was until I did some research. So I always thought it had something to do with peeing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that is part of it. But the kidneys are more, uh, they actually purify your blood oh, to okay. make sure that the blood that goes into your body is kept in balance and that it's not um, like making you sick with your blood pretty much yeah yeah I didn't take anatomy so yeah I took it but I didn't remember (laughs) any of it so um and when the kidneys are in balance then that means your blood is also going to be in balance and your blood is what fuels your entire body including your heart so if the kidneys are not at their optimum functioning then you might have issues with pretty much your overall body health your immune system will also be very like risky I guess it's not going to be as strong as it normally would be and it would be the endocrine system if I remember correctly I think it has a lot to do with like hormones and the way that your body creates or doesn't create hormones I think I wouldn't look to me for any answers I was hoping you could help me out with (laughs) that one because apparently I did not uh, write any notes down for what the endocrine system does But some of the symptoms that you would experience if your kidneys were out of balance is going to be anxiety, depression, excessive fear, sadness, helplessness, mood swings, and sleep disorders. And a lot of what affects kidney health is going to be dehydration specifically. And then like high intensity work and heavy amount of tasks without the ability to release stress. So a lot of it also has to do with the way that cortisol Form, is formed and functioned in your body, and that could throw your kidneys out of order. And a lot of times in society now, we work in places that give us a ton of tasks. They keep us pretty much in survival mode the whole time that we're there, and there's not really a lot of good outlets to release that stress, and you go in and you face it every day. So even if you do release it, you go back and you repeat it the same way. Yeah, I definitely know how that is with the warehouse uh, logistics field. <laughs> And that's what most of our jobs these days are. A lot of transportation, logistics, warehousing, different things like that. Um, let me see. So generally, as we all know, if things are going on in our body, then we're going to end up being susceptible to a lot more diseases. And one of the main diseases that they found related to stress and the kidney function Um, on an article written by the National Library of Medicine is called, where did it go? Kidney deficiency syndrome, which it also is related to changes in your adrenal system, your pituitary gland, and your hypothalamus. So that's different parts of your brain that it affects. Just get the overall biology of how the kidneys all affect the body. And kidney deficiency syndrome is something that many of the practitioners, when they were doing their research, noticed had higher levels in people who experienced anxiety and high levels of stress in their daily life. Maybe I should get my tri- kidneys checked. You probably should. 
I think that's something <laughs> that we're supposed to do like yearly, I would guess, like when you get your physical done. I don't know. I don't keep up with any of that stuff. I don't know. I've had so many blood panels in the past few years. I think someone would tell me if I had something wrong with my kidneys. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> it does, it does, it is associated with the blood. So I would assume that that yeah. would be something that would show up even if they weren't specifically testing for that kind of stuff. Um, and the thing with fear is that it is normal for fear to arise. It's though our brain's way of warning us when there could be a potential risk or something that we might need to be aware of, especially when it's like a new um, change in life. Sometimes when you're losing jobs, your relationships change, you have to move your house, like different things like that. So change is one of the things that we're often most afraid of. And to have fear is normal, but it's when that fear is never processed or never allowed and it becomes a chronic state that it actually starts to affect us in very detrimental ways. Like a phobia. Yeah. Or like even anxiety would have some sort of basis in fear, especially like social anxiety. Yeah. That would be a fear-based thing. Yeah. I definitely had really bad social anxiety and I was literally afraid to leave my house. So. (laughs) Yeah. And you didn't have like agoraphobia or anything like that, did you? No. No, if I was going somewhere that I knew and I felt comfortable, I was fine. It wasn't about, like, leaving my actual home. It was about, like, getting out of the house to go and do something that was, there's going to be a lot of people. Oh, and unfamiliar, too. If it's not something that you're used to, it could be the fear of unfamiliarity. Yeah, like, some people have a fear of, like, meeting new doctors or... You know, starting new school, all that I stuff. I hate having to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. I much, I much prefer just... I have had phobias before, though, and that is a different level of fear. That one is when it becomes chronic and yeah. uncontrollable and would be also partially in chemical balances, I would guess. Okay. Or chemical yeah. imbalances. But the kidney is also associated with the water element, like we talked about last week. I can't remember what element we talked about, but... Air. Okay. So, just like the heart is associated with the air element, the kidneys are associated with the water element. And the water element has to do with our, um, like, emotions. Um, It's about being able to ebb and flow, to not have to control everything that's going on all the time. It also deals with attachment and relationships and creativity. And overall, the water element is the one that is most highly associated with, like, internal balance, which would make sense why it's reflected with kidneys, because the kidney maintains the balance of the blood, which is throughout our entire body. Yeah, and the body is made up of, what, 70% water? Yeah, it is. And whenever... I just know, like, with kidneys and water, they tell you to drink a lot of water so you don't get kidney stones. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. <laughs> That's a good point. I yeah. Didn't even, I didn't even think of that one. Yeah. But, so, the water element, some of the things, you can either have too much water or too little water, or too much of something or too little of something. So, if you don't like, like, the water element freezing, which I know is a little woo-woo, we can talk about just an imbalance. So, an imbalance with our kidneys. And how it affects our mental health. It would be like how difficult it is to uh, hold firm boundaries. It is our ability to maintain our own sense of self when we're in relationships with other people. 
it also is tied to excessive empathy, like to the point where you can't tell the difference between what's your feelings and what's somebody else's feelings. And then um, people can find it hard to tell the difference between what emotions are theirs and what emotions belong to other people. And then a lot of addictive and codependent behaviors and overindulgence is also tied to um, too much of something in our bodies. And then when there's not enough of it, that's when we tend, so not enough of the ability to go with the flow. It is when we would become more fixed or rigid or too serious. And it's very difficult for people to be flexible when they're in that state. So they can't really ebb and flow with changes that are going on around them, which then adds to the fear and then just continues the cycle because you're not really comfortable with the changes. So is that why you're saying, sorry, uh, people are prone to addictive behaviors? That's if you have too much. So like if you have too much of the water element or too much emotions that are being stored, then that's when you would see overindulgence. Oh, we're talking about the psychological side. Yeah. I was thought you were about... talking about, like, physical water, and I'm like... No, no. Um, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't talking... think that's a bad thing. I know you can drink too much water, but you have to drink, like, gallons at a time. <laughs> yeah. No. It's more... It's the psychological things. Okay. So, like, when we're, right. when we're trying too much to be in control... <clears throat> Sorry, my throat just kind of decided to be itchy right there. So when we're trying to be too much in control of situations that we can't control and you're trying to control situations, like often when people are codependent, it's because they're trying to maintain the status of that relationship. So you're talking about the water element right now, yeah. not the physical. Okay. But it also has to do with the kidneys and fear. Right. Because fear, often we try to control things out of fear. Yeah. Like out of fear of separation or mm-hmm. out of fear of not accomplishing all of the tasks that we need to do or out of fear of change. So you don't want things to change. So you overcompensate and try to do more so that they don't change. Got it. And then when you're on the other end of the spectrum and there is not enough of like that ebb and flow energy, not enough of like the acceptance of things that are coming then that's when people tend to get fixed and rigid and too serious and very um, inflexible in their day-to-day routines. So that's when you don't really have the capacity to deal with change because you're too inflexible to it. So you actually resist any type of change that could come along. And a lot of the other signs of either type of imbalance would be like your interactions with others you wouldn't be able to effectively communicate what you're trying to say or even receive what other people are trying to tell you. So if there's an imbalance on either end of the spectrum, then that's what you would experience more. Hmm. And it all, like, those types of things, when they're out of balance, it also dampers your ability to be able to create. And we all are creative beings whether we're creating our own environment or we're creating our life or we're creating the path that we want to take, we're all born to be creative in one way or another. And if we're not able to go with the flow and kind of just let things happen and accept when they're happening, then we're not in the same energy as being able to create good things in our environment. So people that have more of the water element are going to be, like, more artistic and... Absolutely. They're going to be the artists of the world and... Yep. 
Okay. And, well, because the water element is also related to emotions. So it's related to... So anytime that we're talking about the element, it's going to be related to anything that is characteristic of that thing. Like when you see an ocean, it goes with the flow. It comes in when it needs to. The tide goes out when it needs to. It functions. It can create life. It can do all of those things. And then, like, Earth. Earth is very grounded. It's, like, the energy that you need when you're trying to set up a plan and stick to a plan. So is this, like, actually, like, is this people that are a water sign, are they more, I don't know how to ask this. Emotional? No, like, are they, they're going to be more of the artistic side of things type of people? And that's where, like, the astrology thing comes in here yeah exactly okay and i'm a water sign but my creativity like a lot of people think of creativity as like painting drawing my creativity is with words i'm very very good at writing so it it manifests different ways and like earth signs tend to be very stable very responsible very pragmatic yeah that's me Air signs, grounded. <laughs> air signs are very, like, in their head. They are the ones that you typically will see and refer to as, like, airheads because they're just so Ooh, up in their head all the time. you just piss someone off. Not in a bad way. The air <laughs> element is a beautiful sign. Sometimes it's good because if you're an airhead, then you have the spaciousness to be open to different things. I think there's two different types of airheads. Yes. <laughs> But when it comes to, like, the kidneys and it comes to fear, anytime you're going through a situation and you're feeling a negative emotion, what's usually behind that emotion? Fear? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a fear of not succeeding in a new environment. I just felt like I was in my therapist chair right now. Yeah, that's the point of therapy. She always asks me questions, questions. and I'm like, whoa, is this right? (laughs) (laughs) That's because you don't trust yourself enough yet. Yeah, you're right. I don't. But you're getting there. You're getting there. And then a lot of times we'll also be really out of touch when we're trying to control things so much. We're out of touch with our emotions and how we feel about those things. Like, if you're trying to constantly control a situation, then you're not really going to be reflecting on how you feel about that situation. You're just trying to control all the pieces of it so that you don't have to be afraid of failure, so that you don't have to be afraid of, you know, being in an unsafe situation. And that's where a lot of, like, the control issues and stuff came in, comes in, which is all a natural part of life, but when it's not getting processed and it's not getting... um. What's the word? And it's not getting acknowledged, and it becomes a chronic state of being where fear is always the first thought that comes to your mind. Then that's when it starts to detrimentally affect the way that your body functions. And there's also, like, even more so, that's why we tend to adopt characteristics from our mothers when we're in the womb. Because it's our blood is what's determining our genetic makeup and our DNA. And your blood is what the kidney processes and kidney keeps in balance. So. So people that don't have a lot of those water qualities naturally, what can they do? So if you are struggling with 
like the your emotions you're struggling with your emotions you're struggling with processing fear you're struggling with making a choice out of a place of confidence and usually making choices out of fear then a lot of what they say to do is uh swimming uh going near water and then the best option is to like swim in the ocean because sea salt is really good for like calming and purifying your body. Sea salt and Epsom salts are really good for that. So if you can, you know, go to the ocean, take a swim, hang out on the beach. That's why people feel so relaxed at the beach most of the time. I will say I've never gone in the ocean and felt relaxed because I'm always fighting waves. <laughs> but the waves are the best part of the ocean. Not when they knock you over. As long as you know how to swim. I don't. Well, that's why you stay close to the It's still, shore. it's still, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't want to go in the water. I, I'll put my feet in. Well, even just the listening to it, though. Like, but water I, is naturally a soothing yeah. sound. I definitely don't like going in and fighting the waves. Well, and then that's when you just sit on the shore. But make sure you're far enough where the, it's not, like, pushing you in every time the wave comes, because then it hurts your butt, the sand, and move in all that. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. So I either am, like, in the water all the way or I am standing on the beach or I am far enough away where the waves are not carrying me back every time they move because sand can be in- incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then anything creative, too. Like, if your natural tendency towards creativity is writing, then write. If it's playing the piano, play the piano. If it's playing any type of musical instrument, spend time doing that. And they say even singing because the singing also affects your vagus, your vagus nerve, and your vagus nerve is what controls your nervous system. Oh. So by singing, speaking, sometimes yelling, that's why yelling in the woods is such a release sometimes, because that all stimulates your vagus nerve, which is then calming your nervous system. So even singing as a form of creativity, cooking, for me, I love to cook, but I love to cook when there's no one else around so that I can do it whatever way I want to. We should normalize screaming more. Like, if I'm overwhelmed in public, it should be normal for me to just scream in frustration. I agree. I do that all the time in my car, but nobody else couldn't hear well, me. Yeah. So, and I would scare the. Sh- I think I would scare the shit out of my daughter if I screamed. Oh, she's never heard me like yell. <laughs> yeah, I would not recommend doing that with her. Then. No, no, no. She would. She's. She's not good with that. And even if you raise her voice, she thinks that you're mad at you or mad at her <laughs> even if like you're raising your voice in a good way like Excitement. like you're excited about something she th- she like starts cowering and she's like weird <laughs> and I don't know why because like me and Brooke have never like yelled around her well that could be a sensitive nervous system yeah that's because true. that's why people with like sensitive nervous systems that's why loud sounds are so jarring for them yeah and she hates like if the toilet if we're like out in public and the toilet flushes by itself yeah she hates it like she doesn't want to use the bathroom if it's a self flush flushing one yeah because she doesn't like the sound and it comes when you're not expecting it yeah i mean no one likes it but like she covers her ears and everything yeah so she must have like that sensitive nervous system because for me it's like hand dryers i will not use a hand dryer yeah in a bathroom because it's just so overwhelming she doesn't like loud. loud noises in general yeah but I still think we should normalize screaming if we're frustrated. I think there would be a lot of people in the world that wouldn't be as angry as they are yeah. if screaming was normalized. <laughs> and not screaming at people. Not screaming at people, just just like screaming, screaming to get out to your the, 
universe yeah. or screaming to the sky or whatever. Yeah. Because that it's it's one of the best ways and crying crying is also an excellent way to process emotions even if you don't know what you're processing. I've done that probably four or five times the last three days and I have no idea what I'm even processing but I just have an overwhelming need to cry so I cry. But anything that is creative um, or a way to express anger, express or to also to learn to question that fear. And when a fear does come up, instead of like this is something that you have to actively consciously do because it does not come naturally to us. Naturally, as humans, we are looking for things to be afraid of or problems to solve. So one of the things you can consciously do is instead of looking for the evidence to back up your fear, look for the evidence to back up the opposite of that fear. So say you're afraid of starting a new job because for whatever reason, you don't know if you're going to be able to succeed at that job. And then your mind takes you on this spiral of all of the reasons why you won't succeed at this job and all the reasons why you should be afraid of this job. But instead of allowing those things to take over, think back to a previous job that you started that was a new job that you were scared to start, but you started it anyways, and then you were super successful at that job. And that will be the way to counteract that fear so that the fear is not what takes over and it doesn't turn into a chronic state because you're recognizing the fear, but then you're giving your brain evidence to the opposite of what that fear is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. I've, my therapist has told me to do that because I'll say things like, well, what if this doesn't work out? What if this happens? What if so? Blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, yeah, but what if it does? <laughs> yeah. And she'll be like, you need to find things to support. Like, we were talking about moving to Texas at one point, and I was like, oh, my God, what if they don't accept us? What if Kenzie gets bullied for having two moms? I was, like, thinking all these <laughs> things that were going to be terribly wrong, and she was like, well, why don't you look for some positive things in the area? Like, right. look for a support. Look for LGBTQ plus resources. Look for that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm just looking at all the statistics and not the actual. What is available What now. is there, yeah. And a lot of it, too, is the past. Like, in the past, it was not easy to come across things that would be supportive to alternative lifestyles. It just was so much of, no, if you're not doing it this way, then you're not okay, and we're not going to accept you into our community, and that's how it was. Yeah. And now there is a lot more, even in the communities that aren't as accepting, there are at least three or four support groups in every community that you can be a part of, which then will give her friends and other people that would be accepting of that. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to Texas, so... But I was just using that as an example. Like, I look for, I naturally look for the negative outcome because I want to, I'm a planner and I want to be prepared for a negative outcome. Right. So I don't embrace the positive outcomes that could happen. Because with positive outcomes, there is no detrimental side to it. If it's something that's great, you don't have to plan for anything going wrong because it's a positive outcome. So that's why a lot of times people don't look at the positives because, oh, if it does go that way, then I don't have anything to worry about. So then instead of looking at that, they want to look at, okay, but what are all the things that I do need to worry about? And yeah, then, it's like if it's positive, then what will I do with my time? Right. 
That would be called an addiction to stress. Yes. <laughs> which I think most people experience at some point or another, especially with the society that we live in where everything is so urgent all the time, even things that shouldn't be urgent. Like, I think about it all the time. I will be driving in the middle of the day, where it's not, it's not usually a time where people would be going to work in this area because I know a lot of the different businesses in this area, and most of them you start at 9 in the morning or you start, like, an afternoon shift. So it'll be, like, just in the middle of the day sometime, and even people who really don't have anywhere to go will be so rushed to get there, even though... That's me, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I drive fast, even if I don't have to be somewhere at a certain time. I'm like, I just want to get from point A to point B, and you need to stay out of my way. <laughs> and that's so often our thought process, because that's the society that we live in, and that's the jobs that we have. The yeah. jobs are like, I don't care how you make it happen, you just got to make it happen. Yeah. Which it's very is- rush, rush, rush all the time, and I even caught myself doing that with Kenzie, because like, we'll be going somewhere, and it'll just be like the park or something, and I'll be like... <laughs> Just get in the car. Come on. Get in the car. Yep. And I don't, like, I just, I'm rushing to get to nowhere to for her to go play. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, there's no timetable, but I still feel that rush constantly, like, we have to get this done right now. And it's because your body is so used to producing the stress hormones, like cortisol, yeah. that if you're not producing them, then your body is going to figure out a reason why it needs to. Yeah. Whereas, like, my wife is the opposite. She's like, oh, well, I'm like, okay, we got to be there at five. And it's, like, past five. And she's like, well, I just got to do one, two more things. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? We're already late. I'm like, Don't get you know in the car. <laughs> yeah. But that is a lot of conditioning and yeah. just how people have been forced to exist. Well, and- I think, like, with our background... Like, mom was always rush, rush, rush. Like, we always had somewhere to be. We always had to be on time. We had so many obligations. We had so many, like, responsibilities that we always had to be to at a specific time. And if you were late, you weren't, like, you were looked at down at yeah, or whatever. Whereas, like, Brooke grew up on a farm and she was homeschooled. And, like, they didn't, like, her mom didn't work. So her mom never had to, like, rush off to work. They never had to rush to school because they were homeschooled, like, and, like, you can tell the difference between, like, her and I with that kind of thing, because, like, if we're going to a party or something, Brooke's kind of just like, yeah, whatever, we'll be there when we're there, and I'm like, no, but the invitation says five, so we have to be there at 4.30, like, and that's because that's how everything was my whole life. Right. It was all, it's better to be early, and if you're going to be late, then it's honestly better not to go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically, just come up with something. <laughs> yeah. And that also, like, it, it, it's so much of a reality check for no wonder so many people have physical issues right. with their bodies. Right. Because your body also needs time to reset. It needs time to process. It needs time to move from one mode to the other because we have different levels or types of functioning no matter what it is that we do yeah and like doctors well I think everyone kind of knows like sleep is when we heal yep and a lot of us I know you and me at least and a lot of people in our generation like 
we don't sleep nearly as much as we need to. No. Like, I know you go on, like, four hours of sleep most days. Not, I've been, I've been getting, like, <laughs> seven to eight hours. Oh, damn. I, I've been, I've been doing good. I well, wake up a couple times, but. Well, that's why, that's because you don't work at XBO anymore. But, right. like, when you were still at XBO, you were getting, like, three, four, four hours of sleep. Yep. And my stress levels have significantly decreased. Right. And I will find myself looking for things to be stressed out about. Which is what, yeah, that's, like, kind of my point is our stress. Stress levels are complete, like entirely impacted on our health, mm-hmm. and the stress. Our stress affects not just the heart; it affects all the organs. I'm assuming, right? And most and different stresses all have different bases. Like stress is such an over. What's the word? It's such an overview. Like there are so many feelings that might not be stress, but we feel them and recognize them as stress. Like if we're afraid we're stressed. If we're anxious, we're stressed. Well, yeah. If we're excited, we feel stressed, even though we're excited. Yeah. And it's just the the stress, if you take it and break it down, different stresses in different situations are all going to have a different basis, which is where the emotions affect the organs, from what I'm kind of understanding of it. Because, like, anxiety and fear are different. But anxiety affects one part of the body while fear affects another part. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the kidneys when I was doing the research is there is no positive emotion associated with the kidneys. Like every other organ, you'll feel both negative and positive emotions in. Hmm. The kidney has nothing but fear. That's interesting. I know. That's what I thought. I didn't dive into it because I feel like that would be extremely extensive to go within here. But that's also why, like, when people get frightened, sometimes they pee their pants. Because your kidney controls your urination. Oh, yeah. So sometimes when you get frightened and you're not expecting it, there are people who pee their pants. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Or, like, when children who have dealt (laughs) with traumatic childhoods, Often one of the symptoms is peeing the bed. Yeah, bedwetting. Because yeah. your kidneys are not functioning at their optimum level. Yeah. Yeah, and that, then dehydration yeah. prevents the kidneys from getting rid of anything. Right. So if you're not drinking enough water and you're not getting all of that out of your body, all of those toxins are pretty much just sitting in your kidney waiting for you to put enough water back in. Right. So that's why it's so important when we think of our body, to not just focus on the bodily symptom, but to also focus on what is contributing to that symptom. And a lot of the doctors don't do that because they're treating symptoms on a physical level. Yes. Not an emotional level. Right. So that's kind of why I wanted to do, like, the different yeah ways that emotions Well, I think mental health affects every part of our body. It does. Yeah. And every part of our body affects mental health. Right. Exactly. All of it is interconnected. Yeah. It's just, it's bonkers when you think about it. (laughs) Like, there is nothing in your body that is not connected. There is nothing in your mind that is not connected to something in your body. And it just, I don't know, sometimes it's mind-blowing. Yeah, I agree. But I think that's about it for this episode. I don't really, I don't really have anything else to say on that. Do you have anything else? No. Nope. I was not prepared at all. I tried to prepare, but it's really hard to, like, explain it yeah. in a way because I, I believe, like, so many different approaches to things. Yeah. And a lot of this is also the Eastern approach. It's not the Western approach. Yeah. 
So a lot of it, I can't even find a lot of information on it when I'm doing research and stuff. Right. So I try to prepare as much as possible, but. And I'm never prepared. Let's just be honest. (laughs) I think you're more prepared than you think you are. I think you feel like you never are prepared because you still always feel out of control, even though you're very rarely out of control. I don't know. I just, I don't research anything and I just kind of go based off of what I've picked up along the work, along the way. So I just feel like I'm not prepared because I don't really look at anything that you tell me about. But that's (laughs) why I'm here. Yeah. Because I am all about the research. I can get stuck on so many bunny trails on Google. It's ridiculous. And then I won't even remember what I was originally searching for. It's like me with Instagram reels. (laughs) Fucking love Instagram reels. I'm more the TikTok one, but... TikTok isn't funny enough for me. It's all about, like, real life shit now. (laughs) Like, TikTok was hilarious when it came out. I'm like, I'm getting on social media to laugh, not to, like, actually think about what I'm already thinking about. That makes sense. (laughs) I get on social media to relax, as weird as that sounds. Uh, yeah. Like, because I don't have to think. I don't know. A lot of people do that, though. They just scroll mindlessly. And I limit myself because I could be doing it for hours. Yes. So I will set, like, five to ten minute limits and then be like, okay, you're done scrolling for now. You need to get back to your normal tasks at hand. We are slaves to our phones a lot. Or any any type of... Mind stimulation. Yeah, or anything that just takes your mind off of reality we're addicted to. I think that uh, electronics in general have also been a detriment to mental health, too. Yeah, especially if you start playing the comparison game. In my my opinion, yeah. And it, it ruins relationships. It disconnects people because people are just on their phone instead of spending time with you. Yeah. Like it used to be. I think that was the biggest realization we came to during the pandemic is that people honestly didn't know how to exist in a world where you don't have access to entertainment all the time. Yeah. Because even like... Well, it's really sad because people got extremely depressed and there were multiple... Like there were hundreds, probably thousands of suicides during the virus. Yeah. And I think this is a topic we should talk about, too. Yeah. Because it's all your The brain suicide offenders. rate did go up when COVID was here because, and I believe it's because people had to actually sit with their thoughts. Yep. And that is where, we'll, we'll do an episode on this one. Yeah. Not after, we got a couple things coming in the works after this little series. But that's definitely one we need to focus on because it is your dopamine receptors and your serotonin it is, receptors. Yeah. And it's just a band-aid. Yeah, (laughs) and the social media, because our dopamine and serotonin should really be coming from connection with other people because it's how we're wired. Mm -hmm. When we have access to social media and you don't have access to other people, then that affects the dopamine receptors. Yeah, it's true. I agree. And it also was a lot of situations. Well, there were obviously, yes, there were very detrimental situations during COVID, and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to blame social media for everything that oh, everyone no, went I through that. I, I was just, just gonna say the adolescent rate went up oh yes because of yes. situations yes. kids had at home yeah that school gave them escape from true but yeah. and when, it was very stressful on all like all family members because parents were having to school their own kids mm-hmm. and but we'll save all this we're, yeah. we're going on now yeah now we're just rambling which is okay that's that's why we have 
other episodes coming up so that these bunny trails will eventually lead to something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would just say if you guys think this could help anybody or you want to share this, go ahead and share it. Uh, like, comment, review. We do love to hear feedback. Send us an email if you have any questions or if there's anything specifically that you need support on. We are available for that too. We really are here for you guys. And even if it's not something that we've covered in an episode, but it's something you think we could help with, we always love to hear that too. Yeah. Because we're both here for that. And we can always do a mini episode or something. Yeah. It, during during the what week. we already have planned. Yeah. Or we can even maybe consider having people who call in live on some of them eventually. Eventually, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't either. So <laughs> that'll be a learning curve. But if you do have any questions, concerns, thoughts, go ahead and send us an email. Or we do have our Facebook page that you guys can go on and message us. And until next time. Bye.